Hey guys, welcome back. This is uh, the Hillbilly Opinion here. Got old, got me Billy here. Uh, before we get into this podcast this Saturday night, I want to go back on my last one. I kind of made a mistake on it. I said, I, if you heard it, I made the mistake of saying going across I-70 into Pennsylvania. And what I meant to actually say was I-80. Because I don't believe I-70 actually hits Pennsylvania, but... Still, that's not the point. Anyways, I got to correct it and all that. But anyways, welcome back again. It's the third podcast so far. Third episode, whatever, however you want to say it. It's been one hell of a week, folks. I got to tell you, one hell of a week. Now, I know in the last two podcasts, I've not ever said what it was I actually do for work. So we're going to get into that a little bit of that tonight. What I actually, what I do for work is I actually work in an auto shop. Now, it's not one of these great gigantic ones that's got 25 bays or anything. We're just a little small town auto shop with two bays. But we got some of the best. I work with some pretty decent okay guys. Now, I know you've heard me say my producer and my buddy that does all this. Well, it also turns out the guy's my boss. Is he a cool boss? Yeah, he's pretty laid back. He's all right to work with and all that. But, you know, then we got this one mechanic. Now... Earlier today, I was talking about maybe ripping on mechanics a little bit. So, because I said that, oh, my old boss here who's doing this, who happens to be a 20-year expert on vehicles, is actually sitting here with me. How you doing there, Johnny? What's up? Yeah, guys, don't adjust your volume. That's just how he talks. <laughs> but, yeah, we were, like I said, I was going to rip on mechanics and all that. Now, when it comes down to mechanics... This guy knows exactly what he's talking about. Ask him anything, and he can pretty much figure it out. So, Johnny, where did you get your start as a mechanic? In my daddy's shop when I was eight years old. Started stripping radiators, junking. Good God. Shit, I don't think hardly any of us can do. I know I can't strip a radiator. Well, when your daddy owns a shop, I guess it's only natural you become a mechanic and all that stuff, right? Yep. Well, well, since you're since you started at eight years old, let me ask you this, Johnny: Do you think the mechanic industry, the mechanic business, has changed over the last twenty years for the worse or for the better? I say it's getting a lot more complicated. Man, that ain't no shit. What was the first car you ever worked on? Not to make you think too much, but. First car I ever worked. I don't remember what uh, what year, make and model, but uh, I helped install some flamethrowers on it. It was an old school car. It was nice, man. Nice. Cool. Shoot flames ten foot out the back. Now you know we need more cars like that, folks. We really do. And we actually, we what we ought to do is, and this is the one thing that me and old boy here agree on. They need to get away from this computerized bullshit. Because the first car I actually ever got to work on that was pull the bumper, pull the engine was a 1970 Dodge Dart. Beautiful car. There wasn't nothing wrong with the body, but the engine was just crap, so I had to break it down and all that shit. But as far as the whole computerized crap, don't you agree, Johnny? We need to get away, get back away from that and the fuel injector crap. Definitely. Now, I don't know about most of y'all people out there, and I don't know if you guys actually do any work on your cars or whatever, but I can tell you this. I, pref- I would prefer to work on any car that is literally probably, I'd say, an 85, 87 maybe back. Because after that, it just gets too damn complicated. Like I said, you got a fuel injection. 
you've got computers in them and i tell you we did, uh, just recently did an F-150 2015, and man, I tell you, Johnny, am I lying when I say that thing was a just a flat-out bitch? It was, the whole time. I mean, we got it put in, everything was running great, and guess what, folks? We had a damn sensor go, uh, just go stupid. But luckily, you know, we talked to the guy, the guy understands and all this shit, and, but when, but guys, seriously... This computerized stuff, you know, you got to have a computer to tell you what's wrong with it, or you got to take it back to the dealership or, or something. And what's the problem is that's with this computerized stuff is killing small shop, it's killing the small mechanic shops. Right, Johnny? Most of the time, yeah. But you know, we're one of the. I guess, Johnny, I, I'm sure Johnny would agree. We're actually one of the few lucky small shops out there that still get to business and all that. Yeah. You know, it's like today, you know, we had a guy bring his car in for some brakes. We got to, got it in and we got it out. And now we got another we got another truck that we're replacing the head gaskets on it, I think. Right, John? Oh, no. It's the intake gaskets. Yeah. Oh, you see, guys, I'm still learning. I get things wrong just like everybody else. But, you know, we're not, we're not going to say names of anybody else that works there. But we're going to have some honest opinions tonight. Hopefully, we're going to have a couple honest opinions. But, uh, uh, and I'll, and hopefully, Johnny will know what, how I'm saying it and all this other stuff. But, uh, you know, we got a couple mechanics there that actually do, I guess you could say, some decent stuff. We got one that, we have one that's actually been, uh, doing it a little bit longer i think he's uh he's you know 33 and he's actually working on that f-150 right now trying to get it fixed but the other mechanic that we got he's a semi-decent kind of guy i guess and well i i guess the best way to put it sometimes he's a six pack short of a keg is that a is that a, a decent semi-accurate description johnny that's your opinion bro well, as you can tell, the my co my co partner for this one is a little soft spoken, and <laughs> but like I said, you know, when it comes right down to it, there ain't a better mechanic out there. Yeah, there is. It's probably better. Don't listen to him, folks. I mean, I I'll I don't tell know you right everything. now. I just know a lot. Exactly. He, I'll put it to you like this: He knows more than most of us out there does. But now you want to talk about one hell of a mechanic that could actually walk out there, listen to it, and tell you what's wrong, that what was wrong without even doing anything, and just show everybody up. I mean, come on, a guy walks out there, listens to it, and tells you what's wrong, right, Johnny? I mean, it, yeah, there's a lot of dudes out there like that, and it it gets me. I mean, it really gets me because I sit there looking at it and I take a wild guess at it, and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. Now, is that a good thing? Oh, hell yes. If they can diagnose it quickly and get the job, get right on it, then, you know, yeah, we can get it in and get it out and get paid quicker. And trust me, we all want to, we all want to make that bank and get that money in quickly, don't we, Johnny? Yep. Now, I did say I was going to, I had some unsavory things to say about mechanics and all that. And I think that's what kind of <coughs> pushed my buddy here into getting on here. 
But now the thing, now the unsavory things about the mechanics are this: one, we don't have any. I think, but you know, I think we just got one that's a little slow sometimes. But two, you've got the mechanics out there that'll rip your ass off, tell you what they'll tell you what they think's wrong with it, charge you an arm and a leg, and honestly, like I said, this is the title of the whole this whole show is called Hillbilly's Opinion. It's ruining. It's just ruining small shops. And and I'm sure Johnny here will agree that if we could get rid of them or if we could do a better job than them, we might be able to build the small shop reputation back up. Now you want my opinion? Hell yes. So there are a lot of people out there that will just screw somebody over. But... uh a lot of times a certain issue could be caused by multiple things and if you're not experienced enough to be able to check those things then it sounds like somebody's just screwing you over and charging you an arm and a leg so that's where mechanics get a bad rap uh, get mixed up uh, mistaken for those other dudes that will just straight up rip you off just because now, folks, now, when I said I was going to say some unsavory things about mechanics, I didn't mean our mechanics. Okay. Yeah, and he's right. You know, some things do happen, and they do, and stuff does get misdiagnosed. I'm not saying they don't. I mean, come on. It happens. You go in, and you've got a knocking in your engine. Hell, somebody might tell you that it's a rod. When, honestly, and if I'm wrong, Johnny, let me know. Just tell me. It could be a lifter. It could be. But... It's two different knocks. You see? Now, I've actually... Now, I, it's two I, different sounds. Like, uh, lifter's usually more of a, a light ticking sound. You know what I mean? And you could tell when, when there's a rod knocking. Yeah. So, I mean, you see? Guys, this ain't the first time I've actually worked with Johnny. I actually worked with him a couple of years ago. And I actually did get to hear that. I heard both of them. I actually heard one that had a rod that was going in. I actually heard a lifter sound. Now, to me, the lifter sound sounds like just a rapid... Or a typewriter that's on heroin or something that's and it's just really rattling off. Yeah. And the rod, well, like you said, the rod's got a very specific sound. So, but when you got now, I think this is the part that we do agree on. No matter what, if you think there's something wrong and you think it's major, don't try to fix it yourself. I mean, because there's a it's one wrong thing, but like you said, if you don't know what you're doing. You can have a host of other problems and just make it worse. Now, Johnny, honestly, have you? I'm sure you've come across this in your 20 plus years. You've had some Joe blow, some blow Joe out there thinks he knows what he's doing and just screw everything up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for example, that uh, a veil we got a few weeks ago that somebody put an alternator on and put the wrong nut on the power wire that goes on the alternator and it was loose and burn up the ECM and all kinds of all kinds of stuff not only that folks but they screwed I want to ask y'all this some wires there are wires just hanging underneath it yeah it's literally people but I'm going to ask y'all this how dumb do you have to be to screw up battery terminals I mean, come on. That's got to be one of the easiest things, other than doing a fuse, 
other than replacing a fuse, people, because now that's the easiest thing to do when a car is to replace a fuse. If you can read, you can replace a fuse. But battery terminals, it's a positive and it's a negative. Okay? How in the hell this backwards wannabe, whatever you want to call it, idiot, screwed up battery terminals? Now, I didn't get a real good look at these terminals, but the look on John, Johnny's face here told the story. I mean, if, I'm, if I remember right, you had to strip it back a little bit, didn't you, Johnny, just to be able to get a good connection? Yeah, I mean, you had to cut off. They had six inches of bare wire. You had to cut that off, and you, you definitely don't want the positive wire touching anything. I mean. Grounded. I mean, come on, folks. Literally, I mean, common sense. You don't. And honestly, when when he was re replacing it, I actually asked him, how in the hell did this not fry nothing? How the hell did it not fry the whole car? That's the that's the $100,000 question. Well, it kind of did. It burned up the ECM. And here's the bad part, people. We replaced the ECM. And guess what? We still could not figure out what was wrong with it. It wouldn't run right. But now here's the kicker, and if y'all can answer this question for, for us, and I'm not, and this ain't a joke, he'll tell you. When we had the old ECM in, we could hook up the negative cable, the fan and the lights would come on. Now tell me what kind of Mickey Mouse witchcraft shit this is. I mean, seriously. It's like the car was possessed. But when we put the new ECM in, it didn't come on. It's like it fixed that problem, but it caused a couple other problems. We couldn't we couldn't connect with we couldn't connect with it. Yeah, other things that would burn up. And you know, folks, we did what anybody would do. You know, it's like when you go to the doctor or something, they start eliminating stuff. That's what we did. We got up underneath it, looked at it. We had. We even had another guy come in to look at it. In fact, it's one of the guys that works with us now. We had him come in, and he even got crawled up underneath there, pulled out the fuses like Johnny did, and pulled out the uh, relay switches. And as far as I could tell, and as far as they could tell, the relay switches, with, I think except with the exception of maybe one or two, popped in and popped out, but it was just ridiculous. We couldn't narrow it down. And it's frustrating. It really does. It is frustrating. Okay. And Johnny will tell you how he was. We were working on. Oh, I think it's the first time we were. When I worked with with him, we had this. I think it was a charger or something that, that was there. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a charger. It, it came in a couple times for fuel problems or something, and I think we got it working right. We got it. He wanted it in time for a graduation or something, but I think we got it running. And then, you know, then I came back and it's just, I don't know, people. It just, you know, it, it, it's frustrating. It, it really is frustrating. And I'll say this Johnny's had to get on to me a couple of times for my language. And I've gotten better. I mean, I think he's pretty happy with how I deal with the customers. Y'all couldn't see that, but he was shaking his head yes. <laughs> but, you know, like he said, just, or like I said, I think, but 
Either, well, whoever said it, just, you know, mechanics need to, or they're human beings and they make mistakes and, you know, they diagnose something and they just don't have the experience for it. And if you do, you know, honestly, the best thing to do, and that is to call up and talk to them. And Johnny, do you feel that if more of them that came in would talk to us? And describe and maybe do a little bit better of a description of what's going on that we it would help us out better in the long run I mean you can only give a description as well as you can give a description you know what I mean it's the mechanic it's literally the mechanics job to figure out what's wrong with it and and fix it but so basically what you're saying is is that we're car detectives yeah homicide detectives you know but I help people. I don't know. It's. I think we should just go back to the way it used to be. What do you think, Johnny? Distributors and carburetors. Oh hell yeah. I agree. I mean, y'all. I don't know. I'm. I'm sure there's some of y'all out there who do remember it, but I know this new generation has no idea what it's like to be able to deal with a distributor and a carburetor. They probably couldn't even tell you what one looked like. I mean. Seriously, I mean, how many kids out there, I don't know, let's say that were born in 95 or born in the ninth, born in 1990 today, knows what a carburetor is? Hell, who knows? Hell, who knows if they know what a distributor is? I mean, they're so damn. I mean, seriously, I mean, they're probably more into this, you know, fuel injection, computer junk, and computer crap than they want to admit to. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And then let's talk about them. Now, this is where another problem comes in. They customize shit. Okay. Now, that to me, and this, you know, this is just how I feel about it, Johnny. But when they start adding that aftermarket crap on it, it becomes more of a hassle because then it makes the job ten times harder. That's true. And. Now, you've had more experience with the aftermarket stuff than I have, okay? Do you think it... How do you think it... What do you think the worst aspect of doing that is to, for, for the engine? What's worse for the engine? Yeah, like what's the negative side of putting anything aftermarket on? I mean, is there a negative side? I mean, certain things you might have to have uh, programmed or something. Uh there's that so, word. Yeah. Programmed. But it's not really bad for the engine. It's kind of bad if the mechanic doesn't know the product. You know what I mean? See, folks? There you heard it. You heard it from a 20-year expert on, on this stuff. And that's an important thing, too. If you've got any aftermarket stuff on it, let us know. Because, honestly... You know, if we don't know, we're going to tell you. Or at least that's the way mechanics should be. If they don't know it, they need to actually let that person, they need to say it up front. Right, Johnny? Yeah. Now, I'll tell you right now, I don't know everything, and Johnny has even admitted before, he doesn't know everything there is to know about him. But like he said, we're still learning. We learn every day. We still, hell, I'm still learning, and I'm older than he is by 10 years. Oh, we're coming out with something new every day. So... And then when you, I, then then when you got to change out engines, 
Oh, Lordy. Johnny will tell you we just did that, and it's... Ugh. Well, <laughs> let me ask you, Johnny. Would you want to do another F-150 again? Well, I didn't have to do that one, so <laughs> I wasn't really worried about it. <laughs> but No, I wouldn't want to do that because all the extra stuff that has and, to come off. And he's not joking, folks. I mean... I saw the engine before, and it was pretty much, bare, you know, broke down and all that. But this new one, I swear, it was a, it had, a, it's a double turbo on it, and the, oh man, the belt, the belt alone. Point is, folks, when you got, when you take your car to a mechanic, let them know if you've done, if you've done any aftermarket stuff for it. If there's a special tool, and that's another thing too, special tools. What the hell, people? I mean, come on, you guys that, that design these cars. What the hell? I mean, the other, I mean, we just had to redo a uh, water pump, and we had to order a special tool in for it. I mean, if you're going to start putting special parts in it to where we have to order and pay and buy special tools for it, what the hell's even the point of making the damn thing? And what's even bad, dude, what's even bad, guys, is man, sometimes you got to wait on them. And that's the really sucky part, you know. But, you know, like Johnny said, he agrees with me. We need to go back to the old carburetor and distributor and all that. I'll tell you what we really need to be bitching about is engineers. Oh, my God, them freaking morons. That's the that's where the real problem starts. I mean, what the hell are they thinking? Seriously, what in the hell are they thinking? I mean, come on. The battery. I mean, I can. I can kind of sort of see why they remove, would move the battery. You know, I mean, that could be a major hazard. You know, you got battery acid, and let's face it, it could it could melt your skin or whatever. So they want to try to protect it. But seriously, what the hell is putting this uh, a huge, the small engine into an even smaller compartment? You guys go to school for this shit to try to make it easier. And what do they do, Johnny? They don't make it easy. Hell no. I mean, who in the hell decided that it was a good idea to put the power steering pump behind the headlight? Seriously. Folks, I'm not joking. We had to remove the fucking bumper. Bend the headlight just to get to it. Adding an extra 30 minutes to the damn job. God, you Mickey Mouse pun. Go back to the university and tell them you need your money back. I mean, come on. Pull your head out your asses. I mean, are we dealing with engineers or politicians? Shit. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I got a little heated on the subject. But, I mean, come on. They're not the ones working on the crap. I mean, so, you know, we've talked about this. And, I, Johnny, if you had the opportunity to meet one of the engineers that designs, I don't give a shit what make or model. You're probably like me. Would you bust them in the mouth? Or what the hell would you do? I'd rather not say. There you have it, folks. You've got two people who actually work on cars I done told you, I'd bust them right in the chops. And then I'd ask them what the hell were they thinking or what the hell were they smoking or drinking or what drugs they're taking. To put, and this is the funny part, y'all. 
It was an electric-assisted power steering pump. What the actual fuck are you doing putting an electric assist? If you need assistance to turn your car, you don't need the fucking thing. I mean, I'm sure Johnny can remember when, a, when and a, you know, you get it in the 80s. You had to have muscle to turn them damn things sometimes. Right, Johnny? If they didn't have power steering. You see what I'm saying? The engineers have made us weak. They've made they've made us weak. You got a power steering pump that's electric assisted. Seriously. Jesus. I mean, where the hell is that? What school? What university did you go to? Did you go to Oklahoma State? Just asking. Nothing against Oklahoma State. My brother went there. He's an electrical engineer. I don't think he does shit like this. I don't think he sits there and goes, gee, huh. We're going to take all of this and put it in a two-foot-by-two-foot two area, jumbo it all up just so we can screw the people that got to work on it. I honestly believe, this is, my, this, is, this is my thought, Johnny. When they start school, they've got the perfect idea of the perfect car, and they hang on to it. By the time they reach their senior year, they're so damn pissed off because they don't know any more than what they did so then they go and they design the shit and go, you know what? We're going to fuck the little guy. And we're not even getting the complimentary reach around. I'm not even getting dinner first. What the fuck, guys? Come on. Seriously. An electric assisted power steering pump. That's not, yeah, you see, and that's, and I, ooh, I can't believe you said that, the engineers. Boy, people, he's got me on one now, I can tell you that. He's really, he, ooh. And you know, honestly, everybody's got their favorite make. You know, it could be Chevy, Ford, GMC, it could be Dodge, you know. I had a Dodge pickup, loved it. I could work on it. It was a 99. But it did not have an electric power, an electric assisted power steering pump. It had a regular power steering pump. If it went out, guess what? I had to use muscle to turn it. You know what I think we ought to do, Johnny? I think everybody should go back to the old power steering pump. Let that son of a bitch go out. So they have to turn it with no help. Get rid of this electric assisted crap. Because honestly, folks, that was possibly the biggest screw job I've seen. I mean, would you agree, Johnny? Yeah, I mean I can I can I can agree with part of that, yeah. Because I mean, why make things more complicated? And the pump costs like nine hundred bucks. Yeah, folks. 900 almost a 900 to a thousand dude what the fuck but on the other hand here we go it doesn't take away from engine power it doesn't take engine power away because it's rolling with the the rest of the engine all right he's got me there if that is the only good thing about it now let's talk about the placement of this damn thing i mean seriously folks when you got to take the bumper off a headlight out to get to a part 
They got they must have been smoking some heavy duty ganja, I'm telling you. You know when I you know what I say to that, Johnny? Give us some. Give us some of what you're smoking. Ser no, I'm being serious, people. Seriously. If that's what they came up with while smoking the stuff. Maybe we can figure it out like that. Exactly. I mean, you know. I mean, it's, you know, it's like when you get drunk and you put your keys up or something, you got to get drunk again to find the damn things. <laughs> Which, yes, I am guilty of that. No, I have never worked on a car drunk because if I did, I probably wouldn't remember it. But no, seriously, people, I haven't. But the engineers, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, if you're seriously, seriously going to design these cars, put some compassion into it for the people that's got to work on them. I mean, yeah, if you go to a Ford, if you buy a, buy something from Ford and take it to the mechanic shop or take it back to them, they have got like $5,000 tool sets that they can use to get to a part. If they have to special order one, they just put it on, they just order it and it's there. But the smaller shops, like what me and Johnny work at, or like Johnny here owns, come on. I mean, not everybody, and not everybody's got $7,000 to take it to a dealership. Right, Johnny? Yeah. And then that's where we come in. We may not charge you 7000 but while we're working on the car, I guarantee you we're thinking about it. Because <laughs> seriously, when you got to take half the car apart to get to one part, I mean, don't you think that's a little bit overboard, Johnny? Yeah, most of the time. Now, now, I will tell you this. I just found out the other damn day that I really don't like engineers, especially with this smart car shit. I found out the hole underneath is the battery. Now, Johnny, I'm all for more, a more fuel-efficient car. Hell, I'm all more, I'm, all, I'm for all more doing something better for the environment. But seriously... The battery for the car is under the car and it takes up the hole underneath. What kind of shit do you got to pee on to come up with that? Seriously, y'all. I mean, would you have thought of something like that? Well, I mean, first, to hell with that part. Would you have actually decided to put some poor mechanic, whether it be in a Big shop or a small would you put any poor guy through that of having to change that fucker out? Not intentionally. I can I mean I bitch about engineers every single day. But honestly, if you're in their shoes and you think of something, you go, Man, that's cool. I can't wait to see that for real. <laughs> and then people are like, Oh, hey, that's cool. I wanna buy one of those. Then, I mean, you know what, folks? I just realized something. I don't think I'm winning this. <laughs> but he's got, you know, but, you know, he, uh, yeah, crap. Yeah, I'm not winning this. I'll just say it. I'm not winning this. But I, but I can agree with that, you know. I mean, I'm mean, i not taking up for engineers at all. I, I, I get his but. point. I get his point, people. Yeah, I gotta say, I thought of a couple of cool ideas I'd like to see come to life, and yeah, it wasn't too favorable about changing parts out. I thought, yeah, I'm but at least I, at least I thought of, I tried to think of different ways to make it easier. Now, whether or not it actually would work, I don't know. 
but engineers, I mean, come on, you know. I mean, there's concept cars that were built that never made it to the public. That's true. You know. Why? I'd like to see some of them. Now, it may bite me in the ass, and, you know, and I may have to cuss about three four engineers out because they decided to put the battery in the left tire. <laughs> and then we got to locate the battery, and we got to find out it's in the left tire. And we don't have a tire machine. No, we don't, <laughs> so we're screwed. There you go. Well, you see what I'm saying? But no. Okay, and here's something else I mentioned the other day. I found out from a friend of mine who works down in Oklahoma City who actually details cars for, super, you know, for high-class and I mean, like, Bugattis and Corvettes and stuff like that. He works for a place in Oklahoma City down there. And he was telling me, now, this is why I think me and Johnny had actually agree on this. He told me that he's got to remove the passenger tire to get to two, two or three of the oil plugs. See, now he's looking at me like I got craps coming out my ears. I, you didn't, I didn't misspeak, people. That's what he said. He told me grand total there were 16 oil plugs in this car. That is a little bit excessive. So, Johnny, I'm going to ask you the $10 question here. How would you like to do the oil change on a Bugatti? I don't even want to hear about it. See what I'm saying, folks? A 20-year veteran here in the, in the auto, in the mechanic business, doesn't want to mess with it. Hell, from what I understand, you got to be certified. You got to take a special certification course to do it. I mean, seriously. I don't know. Hell, who knows? Maybe tomorrow, me and Johnny will bump our heads together and we'll come up with something to make a hundred million dollars on it and sell it, or sell it to Ford or something like that, and we'll make some money off of it. But I can tell you this: if we do, I'm going to try to make it simple. Why don't we just go back to the old hand crank, to the old Ford Model T hand crank? Mm. Yeah, he went in. I say we ought to do it, just for shits and giggles. Hey, it may have only went 15 miles an hour, but let's face it, back in 1903 or 1923, that was cruising. Today, it'd take you a day and a half to go from to go 45 miles. But you know what? What's up? After you got tired of cranking on it, you'd want to make something to crank itself, wouldn't you? Yeah, but that would also make people appreciate the shit more. <laughs> and that's a whole other thing, too. I mean, come on, you're spending $40,000 on a car. You would figure people would want to take care of it so they wouldn't have to put it in. Yeah. But they don't. And what's even worse, even, even the engineers can't fix this. Or the dumbass teenagers. Now, I'm not saying that I, I didn't do it, because I'll tell you right now, I know I did it. I know I did it because I was there. I did it. Johnny's even done it. I guarantee you, he can't sit here and tell, say that he never, ever floored or burnt rubber in, his, in any vehicle that he had. You're right. I can't say that. But like most 16-year-olds and young adults, when we first get our driver's license, that's the first thing we want to do. And, the, and then the next thing we want to do is we want to add that stuff. You know, we want to put the aftermarket shit on there to boost the horsepower a little bit. And then the inevitable happens. Something breaks. Yep. And then you got two choices. Either try to fix it yourself, 
which in Johnny's case would actually work because his dad owned a mechanic shop and did that. You know, he knew what he was doing. But when it, but most of us don't aren't that lucky, and then we got to take it to a mechanic, and that's when we actually, I guess you would say, hopefully learn a lesson. Well, then it goes to the mechanic, and the mechanic starts working on it. And Johnny will tell you this. It seems simple at first. And then it hits you. Some damn fool idiot with a six-year degree that should have took him four years to get has just made a whole complete difficult problem even worse. And it starts, in my opinion, with a fuel injection crap. Get rid of that. Get rid of the computer. Engineers, are you listening? Let's go back to the carburetor and distributor. Can't leave that little guy out. But uh, I don't know, people. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we've come so too far to go backwards, huh, Johnny? Yeah. So I guess if you're wanting a carbureted distributor running truck, or car for that matter, can't leave the cars out, I guess you're going to have to go back to the old ladies' model. And if you do that, like Johnny, me and Johnny have talked about, he says 87 are back. 86 are back. My mistake, 86. Chevy. I, huh? Chevys. Oh, yeah, Chevy or GMC, y'all. To hell with Ford and to hell with Dodge. Now, I will say this, Johnny, my 99 Dodge pickup, it was a beast. No, it wasn't. Say what? No, it wasn't. Why do you say that? It was a Dodge. You know, folks. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> no, actually, the only thing that was wrong with it I, up until the freeze plug gave out was the vacuum hose. Oh. And then the freeze plug fucked up on me. But up to that point, the only thing wrong with it, and it had 237,000 thousand miles on that damn thing still ran like it was brand new. Even though it was a Dodge, or as Johnny says, a Dodge, it, ran, it, it outran any Chevy and Ford I put it up against. And I guarantee if I had figured out that vacuum hose deal, that 4x4 would have destroyed them. And then it got stolen. And it broke down. Which I guess just kind of kills my whole argument because it broke down. What broke down on it? Transmission. Actually, no, the transmission actually worked just fine. Uh, the whole freeze plug ordeal. Yeah. Uh, I took it to a mechanic shop and they said they fixed it, but it didn't. wasn't. It was Harvey fixed, and that's an inside joke, folks. And it was leaking, and I didn't know it, and the people that stole it didn't know it, and it ended up seizing up the engine, cracked the engine block. How'd that make you feel? Oh, I was madder in hell. At who? The fucker that stole it, and then I can't. The engineers <laughs> of Dodge. But seriously, I mean, honestly, you know, if I could have found, if I could have, if I would have known about your shop back then, I would have took it to, I'd have took it to Johnny here. Probably would have charged me out the ass because it was a Dodge and not a Chevy. No, <laughs> nah, guys, he's he's actually a pretty fair kind of guy. But when it comes down to it, you know, I should have. I probably should have worked a little harder to find another mechanic, but I did. I ended up selling it to a scrap heap because 
I just couldn't find the right people. Uh, but when it comes, but also, but when it comes down to it, people, if you're going to take your car to a mechanic, and 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 you really need car worked on, call them up, talk to them. Um, you know, like he, like Johnny said earlier, try to do your, you know, explain it the best way you can, and then we'll let the detectives get into it. Um, you got any other tips for him out there, Johnny, on what to look for in a, in a shop? Ah, folks, he's, I think I'm, he, he's a little, he's a little shy, but, uh, don't, oh, don't judge them on, based on how, on the appearance of the shop, because let's face it, guys, it's a shop, it's a mechanic shop, it's got oil everywhere, it's got, I mean, cars come in, they leak transmission fluid, they leak oil, they leak, red. don't, you know, just overlook that, talk, talk to them, ask them. If they want to ask them, you know, just ask them. Ask, you know, say, you know, ask them about their experience. Personally, I recommend our shop, but I guess that makes me biased. But just seriously, folks, ask them, okay? And again, try your best to explain what the problem is. Um, now I know it's a little difficult, and Johnny's right. We have to play detective sometimes we get it right first time right out of the right out of the gate and then there's other times that we get a car in that's like the Aveo enough said yes folks it is a Chevy obviously and we both like Chevys we're both wanting the same type of truck you know 77 to an 86 you said Johnny Chevy uh, pickup, Chevy, or and honestly, a GMC would work. But if you guys are going to buy these high-priced dollar, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar cars, be prepared to pay. You know, that's another thing. Ask them what they charge. Each shop is different. I won't say what we charge. Um, but you know, I mean, I will say this, Johnny. Well, you know, I mean, he stands by his work, and he tells, and he he will tell you if there's a problem, bring it back to us, give us a ch give us a chance to fix it. In fact, that's another thing. If something goes wrong, and you get it back from the shop, give them a chance to fix it. Let them try to correct it. Because honestly, they may have missed something, and that does happen. I mean, seriously, it it happens. It happens all the time. When you think you got it done, and then something just kind of goes at the last minute, wants to go haywire, it, it, it'll happen. Remember this. Anything man-made is bound to screw up. It's inevitable. Now, as I said, you know, I, I, probably, should, I probably should have gone a, as hard as I did there on, on, the, on some of y'all mechanics out there. But... It's just what was going to happen, and I and if I upset anybody or whatever, get over it. You ain't a snowflake. You know, like I said in my first one, if you don't like what's going on, get out of. But anyways, folks, listen up. Uh, like I said, come back. We did it last. Did it a week ago Saturday. We did it again this Saturday. 
uh, we're going to try to do it every Saturday, and also we're going to try to get in on a Wednesday night too if we can. You know, but uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this. Uh, I hope to continue to keep to keep continuing to doing this every week, maybe even twice a week. You know, I'll, I'm going to do what I can do to get back here on Wednesday. And every time I do a new show, I'm, it's going to be another topic. But, you know, I'm going to wrap this up, get out of here, and go. I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my Saturday, enjoy my Sunday. Uh, possibly going to go do something kind of off the wall or some shit, you know. And like I said in my last two, I'm going to quote Christina Randall. I strongly, you know, I suggest her, strongly suggest her YouTube channel. Go check it out. As she says, you know. At the end of her deals, be kind to each other. Be kind when you see them. Don't say a bad word to anybody or whatever. But coming this Wednesday, got a new topic coming up. To let you know, I don't know what these topics are till I actually get to doing this. But new topic Wednesday. Hope you guys turn, you know, tune in or download or whatever. But anyways, I'm out of here. This is Bill. Peace out.